You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. I want you to notice here in Romans 15 and 13 that Paul, the author of the book of Romans, refers to our great God as the God of hope, the God of the Theo of hope. The antithesis of hope is despair. When a person is in despair, he or she has given up on something, something happening are taking place. They may have at one time been expecting it to happen, but because they opened up the door and allowed despair to come in, they no longer expect what they were looking forward to. I said they no longer expect what they were looking forward to. And let me say to you, child of God, that that if you have ever been in a place where you were expecting something to happen, but because of time, you stop hoping. <laughs> like it or not, at that moment you in you entered into a state of despair. If God ever told you that He was going to do something, but you allowed the pressures of life as well as the professionals of life to convince you that it was not going to manifest, it says about you that at that moment you entered into a state of despair. You entered into a place where you stopped expecting God to do what he said. And say to your neighbor, that is a big mistake. Because God never says anything just to be saying it. If God said it, he'll do it, he'll bring it to pass. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If he says it, no matter how impossible it sounds for him to do 
If he said it, he will do it. He'll bring it to pass. You know, God says some things that, that normally speaking just don't make a whole lot of sense to the natural man. God would tell you things like, I am going to overflow you with blessings and you ain't even got a job. God would tell you at the age of 90 that you getting ready to have a baby. And internally and externally, everything has died. But I'm telling you, if God tells you a thing, he'll bring it to pass. I said, if God tells you a thing, he will bring it to pass. In hindsight, when you look at where you came from or where God brought you from, you would have never said 10 years ago you would be where you are right now. But God saw in your life what you didn't even see. God saw what you were going to be when you didn't see it yourself. You better tell somebody God can see things because he is all seeing. I said he is all seeing. There is nothing hid from God. There is nothing God does not know because he's omniscient. But there are times that we allow our hope to to diminish simply because of what we have seen, heard. Just allow our hope to dwindle away because of what has been said. Of what these eyes have seen. And child of God, you know, you, you can't go by what you see. Second Corinthians 4 and 18 tells us why the things we see are just temporary. They're going to change. Now you, you see how beautiful it is out there right now? See how the sun is out? Stay here until about 10 tonight. Oh, that's going to change. Oh, that's going to change. The things that we see are temporary. You have to hold on to your hope. I said you have to hold on to your hope. Hope is to expect something with joy. Theologically, hope is to expect God to manifest his promise. And you are expecting it with joy. You are looking forward to God doing what eyes have not seen. You are looking forward to God opening up the windows of heaven, pouring you out a blessing you ain't even got room to receive. You are expecting God to heal you despite the report you got from the doctor. You are expecting God to do for you what you can't do for yourself. 
That's what you call hope. But let's take a closer look at hope according to the scripture. Let's start in the book of Proverbs, the 10th chapter. Proverbs, the 10th chapter. Let's start there. And let's just deal with, with, with hope a little bit because some of us have, have been allowing our situations to cause us to enter into a state of despair too much. Mm-hmm. You look good this morning, but, but spiritually you may be in a place of despair and that's just not good. I said that's not good. Proverbs the 10th chapter. Go there with me and consider verse 28. Where it specifically talks about us, a people that are righteous. When you're righteous, it does not say you're flawless, does it? It just simply says you have made a conscious choice of receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It says about you that you strive to live according to the written and revealed word of God. You are righteous. Righteous equates just, and Romans 1 and 17 says in the latter part, the just or the righteous live by faith of the word of God. So let's hear what the word of God has to say in reference to hope as it concerns the righteous. Proverbs 10 and 28, the hope of the righteous will be helped me, but the expectation of the wicked will what? Now see, I automatically can look at this verse and say, I know that what I am expecting is not going to perish because I ain't wicked. I said, I, I know it's not going to perish because I am not wicked. Now, what I don't need to do is be righteous but be thinking wicked. Because if I'm righteous but I'm thinking wicked, it will perish. If I'm righteous and I'm thinking and I'm talking wicked, it will perish. So I I need to just point blank, let it be known, as well as think and talk righteous, because if I do not, what I am expecting will perish. But, But I am the first clause of you. The hope of the righteous will be the hope of the righteous will be gladness. In other words, you're going to have a happy ending. <laughs> gladness equates happiness. The hope of the righteous is gladness. You are going to have a happy ending. Don't listen to that sad story that that person is telling you about yourself and don't keep gnawing your head in agreement with that person that's lying according to the text. The hope of the righteous will be you're going to have a happy good God it, it, it would seem that you would be more happy about it. Unless you don't believe the verse. The hope of the righteous will be. So therefore, why are you listening to somebody talking something different? It don't look good. It's time for me to go. Because you ain't seeing what I'm seeing. I'm seeing what God says. I'm seeing God's word. And God's word says, let every man be a but let him be true. 
you got to ask your neighbor for me. How is your ending going to be? Look at somebody and say, I'm going to have a happy ending. There's been a whole lot of bad going on, but I'm going to have a happy ending. Yeah, he left me, but I'm still going to have a happy ending. Yeah, I had to end up spending all my money, but I'm still going to have a happy ending. Yeah, it didn't turn out right day four yesterday, but I'm still going to have a happy ending. The hope of the righteous. And that means I'm going to have what type ending? Let's take it further. Let's go to Proverbs 23. Y'all stay with me. Proverbs 23 and 18. Well, let's start at verse 17. So to be clearer to you. Proverbs 23, 17. Do not let your heart envy sinners. You don't, you don't ever need to do that. David talked about that. David talked about he he almost failed when he looked at the prosperity of sinners. And the Lord had to check him and say, look, ain't need no need in you even worrying about that. Because the prosperity of a sinner is just like the grass of the field. Today is just flourishing. But the sun going to hit it and it's going to weather. It's going to wither away. And so here David's son, Solomon says, do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous. And notice for what? The fear of the Lord. And he said all day. Basically, you need to live right all the time. And then he goes on uh, to say, for surely there is a hereafter. Now, he's not talking about heaven and hell. Not, not, in, not in the sense that folks use hereafter. Not in the verse. Notice what he says again. For surely there is a hereafter and your hope will not be cut off. He was letting him know that there is a future. See, some folk get wrapped up in the present and forget that the present is temporary. See, just because you're in trials right now, you, you can't get wrapped up in what you're going through right now. You got to know that there is a hereafter or a future. And it's a hereafter or a future for you. And notice the promise in the verse. And it's not going to be cut off. In other words, what God told you in your present about your future is going to happen despite your present. The present may not look the way you want it to look, but remember what God told you about your future. So don't let your present situation mess up your future. Good God, that's good preaching. I said don't let your present situation mess up your future. Say to your neighbor, God got some good things for you. But don't you let your mouth get you in trouble 
Don't you let your eyes get you in trouble and mess around and get stuck in the present and miss out on the future. You know you got folk walking around that act like the 70s is still here. 2017, they still acting like they in 1973. The devil is a liar. I may have been broke back then. But God done promised me life and that more abundantly. I got to lay aside this weight. I got to lay aside this sin and allow God to have his way in my life. Woo, tell somebody you can't let your present dictate to you your future turnout. Am I talking right? Let's take it a little further. Consider Romans, the 8th chapter, and the 24th verse is where we're going to start. Y'all stay with me. Romans 8, 24. And notice the wording carefully. Paul said to the church, we are saved in this hope. We are saved in this hope. Now notice the implication of just that first part of the verse. Hope saves. Paul said we are saved in this hope. What's the implication? Hope saves. What you expect God to do is a key to your deliverance. What you expect God to do leads to your deliverance. Some things I expected God to do and held on to my expectation have manifested in my life. Matter of fact, so many things have manifested in my life that I was expecting God to do that I don't have enough fingers and toes to count. Your expectation matters. Your hope matters. Your hope leads to salvation when your hope is in God. Now your hope in your cousin Ray Ray. You in trouble. No, 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 don't, don't be down on Ray Ray like that because let, let's just shift from Ray Ray. You can be hoping that the bank going to get you a loan. And it does not happen. And, and some folks, when, when, when certain things like that happen, they just think it's over. But if your hope in, is in God, God going to make sure you see salvation. Salvation is threefold. I said salvation is threefold. Salvation, yes, is deliverance. But salvation also protects as well as causes you to prosper. God going to cause you to prosper because of what you are hoping for. 
Because your hope is not in man, your hope is in God. Because God has what say? God has what say? You're right. He has the final say. But going back to Romans 15 and 13, Paul talked in reference to the God of hope filling. He feels. God feels. To feel contextually means he satisfies. He equips and he completes. He satisfies, he equips, and he completes. God is so awesome to where he never starts something he does not finish. Especially when it comes to faith. That's the reason, that's, that's the reason the Hebrew writer identified him as the author and the finisher of our faith. John so knew God as, as someone that, that would begin a thing as well as finish it until John decreed him the first and the last. John wanted the churches to know that if God ever starts it, it's always with the intent to finish. See, see, if God started working on you to be whatever he desired you to be, God going to keep working on you until he completes it. If, if God started working on getting in your hand a blessing that's good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, he, he ain't going to stop until you get that blessing that's good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. If God started working on your husband to get him saved, he ain't going to stop until your husband fall on his knees and ask Jesus to save him. Oh, y'all ain't getting happy. Y'all ain't getting happy enough up in here. You better tell somebody God never starts something. That he's not God enough to finish. I said that he's not God enough to finish. See, see, God starts working on something in your life and then you have three or four interruptions and you think God ain't going to finish. God will allow some things to come in between just to see if you still going to expect him to do what he told you he was going to do. But some of us, when we have these two or three interruptions, we start tripping. Yeah, you do. You start tripping. Yeah, wonder if God want to do it. Wonder if he, you need to quit all that tripping and know if God started it, he'll finish it. God is still the author and the finisher of your faith. But if you ain't exercising your faith, yeah, he started it, but you not exercising your faith is hindering your conclusion. You're hindering your own conclusion. Because your 
allowing your interruptions to cause you to start thinking, talking, and doing according to what you see instead of faith. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He feels. He satisfies. He equips. And he completes. But notice in the text, Paul specifically talks about what God is going to feel the righteous of the just wealth. He starts off by saying that he is going to feel us wealth, joy. <laughs> Woo, joy. Why in the world do we need joy? Yeah, we need joy so we can smile. Yeah, we need joy so we can be cheerful. But according to Nehemiah 8 and 10, we need joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. There are some things that you are going to face in this life that in order for you to remain happy, you're going to have to have some divine strength. There are some roads that you're going to have to travel. And if you're going to travel those roads successfully, you are going to have to have some divine strength. Nehemiah had to tell the folks of his day of the people of God of his time that look, you don't need to be sorrowful. You don't need to be weeping because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And how many know God changes not? If he was their strength, he's yet our. If he was their strength, he's yet our. Tell somebody, I know where I get my strength from. Go ahead and boldly tell them where it comes from. God will give you strength to make you happy as well as powerful. The joy of the Lord is our But notice, God was not only going to fill them with joy, but was also going to fill them with peace. Peace. Look at the text. We're, we're talking Romans 15 and 13. He was going to fill them with joy and peace. The root meaning of peace is to set at one again. To set at one again. When, when something is set at one, is saying that is, is first of all, is, is in harmony or it's harmonious. But it also says when it's set at one, that there is no confusion there. There is no confusion there. Because see, sometimes we, we can allow our, ourselves to get so caught up in what we hear and what we see to where we'll start being confused about things. And see, when you enter into a state of confusion, that's not God. Because 1 Corinthians 14 reveals to us that God is not the author of confusion. Get this, but of peace. Matter of fact, I need to show you that so, so you'll know it. Let's go there. 1 Corinthians 14. 
A lot of mercy. I like to quote stuff, but sometimes I, I need to, I need to show it to you. Y'all okay with that? Okay. Let's, let's go to 1 Corinthians. Chapter 14. And we're going to consider verse 33. Ready? For God is not the author of, but of what? God is not the author of what? But of what? God does not want his children confused. Because I, I'm wondering what I should do. You wondering? You don't need to be wondering. That, that ain't no good place to be. You need to get in the word and get in the prayer so you will know. Because when you know is when you're going to carry out great exploits. When you know is when you're going to be empowered. You have to know because if you don't know, according to Hosea 4 and 6, you're in a place to where you can be destroyed. Remember what Hosea told the people of God? God's people are destroyed for lack of what? Not having the know-how. You need to know before you make a move. I think I'm going to... No, you, you don't need to think. You need to know that's what you need to do. He fills us with peace. Or he sets us at one again. Because God does not want us operating in confusion. Because if confusion is present, that means God is not leading you. Look at... Look at 1 Corinthians 14 and 33 again. God is not the author of, but of. And see, when you have the peace of God, it surpasses all understanding. Let me show you that. Philippians, the fourth chapter. I need to show you that too. I'm almost done. Y'all stay with me. Philippians 4 and 7. Ready? And the peace of God which surpasses, help me, Will guard your and now, now notice when you have the peace of God, you gonna know that you gonna know that the Spirit of God is guiding you. Look at the verse. Look at the verse again. Don't let me lose you. And the peace of God which surpasses what? Will what? Guard what? Your hearts and your what? The heart. The heart in one sense represents the choices. The peace of God will give you peace to where you know exactly what you should choose. And folk around you, if they don't have that same peace, they'll be wondering, why in the world is she choosing that? God will give you a peace about what, you, what you're getting ready to choose. You should have listened to what that man was telling you. Why you didn't listen? Because God told me not to listen. I think you should have chose A instead of C. Well, you ain't God. And God put in my spirit to choose C. Won't God put stuff in your spirit? Won't God tell you not to go a certain way? Won't God tell you not to call them back? Won't God tell you to hold your peace? Do you do it when he tell you? (laughs) Somebody somebody that made you mad, God said, just hold your peace. And you be knowing it's God that told you not not to say anything. The peace of God will God what? 
your heart, and your what? And your mind. It'll protect you from yourself. By telling you exactly what you need to do. I said it will protect you from yourself by telling you exactly what you need to do. And so back in Romans 15 and 13, Paul was, Paul was letting them know that, that God would fill them. Wealth, help me, joy, and but it was a reason. It was a reason. Remember I told you, if, if God does something, there's always purpose in it. He never does anything without purpose or having a reason to do it. And notice the reason as I get ready to close. Latter part of verse 13 of Romans 15. That you may abound in hope. He wanted them to abound in hope. See, see you, you, you have to keep your expectation. But if they abound in hope, and this is important. This is very important. The root meaning of abound is to overflow. Is to have overflow. You with me? The antithesis of overflow is lack. See, if, if you don't have any hope, lack going to come in. And lack will consume you. See, if, if Abraham would have just gave up on hope, he never would have received what God promised him. Because when Abraham left his country, when he left where he had been reared and started walking by faith, primarily, he didn't have, as the old saying go, a pot to twill in or a yard to throw it out in. Well, I'm just telling you the truth. Because he had left everything. But God told him, look, I just want you to go where I'm telling you to go. So when he left, he didn't have, he didn't have anything. But his hope was in what God told him. And so he walked in hope. And so he walked in hope to the point to where... God started causing him to abound. God started causing him to excel or do better. Because when you abound, you start seeing increase. And with God, sometimes it's, it's in increments. It starts off small. That's the reason it's important to understand one biblical principle. As a child of God, do not despise the season or the day of small beginnings. Don't ever despise that. God can put a penny as well as a hundred in your, in your path. 
You hear me? God can cause a penny. You can find a penny in your pocket as well as a $50 bill. And Lord knows that happened to me this morning. I'm serious. Now, just naturally speaking, I don't know if I left that 50 in there or what, but the only thing I started doing, thank you, Jesus, for this $50 bill. You don't get happy about $50? God will cause you to excel or do better. And you got to know that. And see, the, the reason he was going to fill the church of Rome and the reason he fills us with joy and peace, according to the text, is so we can abound in hope. So I can so I can still have expectation. And in and in the midst of having expectation, I'm gonna see better happening. I'm gonna see increase coming forth. And that's how it was with Abraham. Abraham just kept seeing increase. Abraham didn't have nothing, but the next thing we, we hear in scripture is that is that Abraham got some cattle. Then we turn around and say, good God, now he got folk working for it. Then the next thing, he got so much land to well, he can look in any direction. And as far as he could see, it was his land. Then the next thing, he got so, so many folks to well, he done gave, he done gave his nephew Lot some of his workers. And they had so many workers to well, now the workers starting to, to have controversy with each other. And, and Abraham said, well, I'm going to give you a spot so we won't have no trouble. And, and he said, whatever spot you want, Lot, you can have, and I'll just take what you don't want. And so we know the story, Lot chose Sodom and Gomorrah because of how beautiful it was. But, but what I'm trying to get you to understand is that he had reached the point to where because he trusted God, he had hope in God to where God caused him to abound. He honored his hope. And God changes. He going to honor your hope. But, but now look, look at the blessings that comes with God, not only filling us with joy and peace and causing us to abound in hope, he's going to make sure we abound in hope, notice the scripture, by empowering us through the Holy Spirit. He's going to give you power to hope even when you don't feel like hoping. And I'm going to close with this verse to prove what I just said. Go with me to the book of Romans, the fourth chapter. Lord have mercy. Y'all, y'all ought to have it by now. 
if you don't get, get a copy of the CD and just listen to it. Now this verse right here is talking about the man I've been talking about, Abraham. But let me, let me just read verse 16 and then I'm going to drop down to verse 18 of Romans 4. Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to the grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, and we are the seed of Abraham, not only to those who are of the law of the Jews, but also to those who are of the faith of help me, who is the father of us all. He was telling, he was telling a, a Gentile church that Abraham was the father of Jews and Gentiles in reference to faith. You with me? Now notice verse 18 that continues to talk about Abraham. Who contrary to, help me, in hope what? Because see, hope or expectation can say to you, you need to stop expecting. You can feel like your hope is in vain. You ever been there? Y'all had. Y'all ever been there? But look at what it says. Who in contrast to what? What did he do? Y'all ain't looking at the verse. Look at the verse. Look at the verse. Look at the verse now. See, y'all trying to quote it and you can't quote it that way yet. You ain't there yet. Look at, look at the verse. I shouldn't have said it that way. Forgive me, Lord. But based upon how you tried to quote it, you ain't there yet. That's probably a better way to say it. But look at, look at verse 18. Ready? Who contrary to what? In hope what? See, even though hope, naturally speaking, was in contrast to what was taking place, he still hoped. But it wasn't natural. It was in God. It was godly hope. Natural hope said you shouldn't hope. But then God's hope said keep hoping. See, because folks will try to convince you that what you're hoping for is not realistic. And, and so therefore, you'll, you'll, you'll look at that and if you agree, you'll stop hoping. But see, when you, when you understand that God's hope or hoping in the things of God is different from hoping in what man says, you won't stop hoping. Because you know God's hope leads to salvation. Now let's continue. How many got it now? Verse 18 again. Abraham who contrary to hope, in hope what? So that he became the father of many nations. His hope caused him to become what? And it was based upon what had been spoken to him. So shall your descendants. What? God had told him you're going to be a father of many nations. Get this. When he didn't even have a child. I'm telling you God can tell you you're going to be a millionaire and you just bounced a check. 
And if you trust God, it'll come to pass. God will tell you, look, everything that you done went through in these last 10 years that was worse, in one year I'm going to completely turn it around. God can tell you everything that you lost. I'm not only going to restore that, but I'm going to restore it. A hundredfold. Plus, give you double for your trouble. I'm done. Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember... Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.